For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. How are we doing today? Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Uh, my name is Chad Ozie. I am joined, as always, by Jeff Cross, and we are thrilled uh, that you've chosen to hop on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to be listening to today. If we could ask a huge favor of you, and as you are listening today, if you would go on and write us a review or uh, leave us a rating I know a few of you have talked to us about the fact that the particular platform that you listen to may not have that quick little five-star rating or review. That's fine. Let me give you a little hint. Even if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcast, but you have access to Apple mm. Podcast, go on there, subscribe, and leave a rating and review. Uh, it's the one that pushes us out the most uh, and is the most helpful to us. So we uh, just right up front wanted to ask that favor of you and say uh, thanks in advance for doing that for us. Hey, Jeff, how you doing today? I'm well. I'm I- just so everyone knows, you know, Chad just got off his knees begging for you to give us a rating. <laughs> so uh, I'm on my knees also. Give us a rating. You know, we it's just helpful for us, everyone. It's just helpful for for, for us just to take just a few seconds. I don't care if you write a review, but give us a five star rating, and that will help push us out. So, um, but back to your question, I'm outstanding today. Today is my day off. Ooh. I know it. It's been a long week, long mm-hmm. six days. Um, I don't even want to. Uh, calculate how many miles I've been, but I can tell you it's been a busy time, and I am looking forward to a day of rest and relaxation. There you go. So here I am working. That's right. So here we are back on the podcast again. You know, which is interesting, uh, Jeff and I have been joking back and forth a little bit this week because we both had uh, kind of crazy travel weeks, and Jeff's typically are a little crazier than mine just because of the distance that he travels. Uh, but this week, I, I'm, I may be pushing him a little bit. I'm, I haven't caught up quite yet, but I'm getting there. And uh, I've, I've been all over the place, had to spend a couple nights in hotels as I've been traveling. And uh, so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts mm. as I've been traveling. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, you know, the person would say, hey, leave us a leave us a rating, leave us a review. Mm. And in my mind, you know, I'm listening to some of these podcasts that are so big. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do I need to do it? Like they've already got thousands of people mm-hmm. doing that. And I'm like, wait a second. If 
if I'm asking people to do that for our podcast, if they found it helpful, and I'm obviously finding this other person's podcast helpful, well, mm-hmm. then I need it. So I just pulled out my phone right then and there, took it out and did it. So maybe that's where people are at. Maybe they've just been like, oh, I'm sure other people are doing this, or I'm just busy today or whatever. But if you could leave that review and rating for us, it makes a world of difference. What do they call that? A call to action. There you go. Mm-hmm. Here is your call to action mm-hmm. right up front. Now we'll move on from us begging selfishly <laughs> uh, for you to help us out. Uh, and uh, we're going to dig into something today, Jeff, that I think a lot of people are excited about. Mm-hmm. I think some people may be frustrated with or disappointed about. Uh, but it's something that if, if we're an official eventually the place that we want to be is in the thick of it. And Mm. what I mean by that is we want to be there for championship games. We want to be there for playoff sports. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if that's a high school official right now that's getting ready to work, you know, regional, sectional, state series in their prospective state. Or if it is uh, college uh, you know, a, a junior college official working a, a region tournament yeah. or a, you know, NCAA official working a conference tournament or maybe a regional or whatever that might be. Uh, these are those big moments mm-hmm. where uh, we've we've heard this last week that a lot of the D3 conference tournament assignments have been released. And so some people are prepping for that and getting ready to work. Other people uh, maybe are, are disappointed they didn't get the call to go work Mm -hmm. Uh, and other people knew they weren't going to get the call and they're just excited to get to watch it, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for whatever reason, maybe they're, they're new, they're whatever. Uh, Jeff, you have had the privilege of working quite a bit of, of playoff sports. Uh, You worked at the high school level all the way to the state finals. Uh, You've worked, um, you know, college. Uh, And my question for you to start this conversation is what is different about working the postseason as an official we know it's the same game same length of time Mm. you know there's Mm -hmm. nothing it's changed Mm -hmm. baseball game still nine innings basketball game still got four 10 minute periods but what's different about working postseason yeah that's a really good question i would even um as much as you want to say there's nothing different about it, you would be lying. Mm-hmm. You're, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling. You're fooling others when it comes to that. Um, ultimately, what's really different about it is everyone—officials, players, coaches, official scorers, clock operators—you know, everyone involved—just um, has a little bit more pep in their step. You know, a little bit more like this is exciting. You know, there's a few more bells and whistles. There's a few more lights on. There's a few more cameras, whatever that might be. Um, But what I try not to think about is how more eyes are watching. Mm. Because that's what happens, right? When we talk about, even if we just talk about in the state of Illinois, um, when high school regional start, there are 32 rounds, you know, there's 32, am I saying that right? There would be 32. 32 sites. Sites, okay. right? 32 regional sites. All right. And, you know, on on a quarterfinal night, I, I can't do the math, but, you know, that's, there's only just a, a small amount of officials working out of the whatever eight or 10,000 basketball officials in the state of Illinois. So just in general, more people are watching. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And when they're watching, more people are judging. Mm. <laughs> and when they're judging, you know, now they're like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you messed up. I, you know, I can, I could talk about many times I would have a game and we, you know, it's one of the things we'd say, you know, obviously always going to be great every night, but when you're on ESPN or you're on Fox Sports, whatever that might be, well, we know more people are watching and more people are, you know, they're judging Oh, They missed that one. Oh, what are they doing? You know, those kind of things. So, um, I prefer not to talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I prefer to talk about exactly what got me in that situation and what got me to a postseason. I may not know what exactly what it is, but I know what I've done on a day-to-day basis to get me to a March game or a late May baseball game, whatever that might be. So players, coaches, and officials can be and will be a lot more um, – tense more than they will be loose as much as as a, as a high school baseball coach i want to be loose but it's hard for me to be loose when my players are tense and then when my players get tense i want to you know try to be tense with them you know and, and root for them and those kind of things so if we can put it on one thing i would say it is i would label it as a second season Okay. So we have the first season, you know, whatever that is, regular season. And then when the postseason happens, this is a whole nother season, especially when you start talking about a win or go home situation. The preparation, if if you're preparing for a game, let's just keep it in basketball. If you're preparing for a game 90 minutes prior, in playoffs, it's two hours. I would even, I've never been to the Final Four, but I bet preparation for that Final Four game is probably all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll share a little story. When my first NCAA tournament, um, I wasn't working, but I was um, I was at the table, and so we all had to be in the night before, and we all went, six or nine of us, whatever it was, you know, the alternate and stuff. We all went to go watch a movie. Okay. The night before, spent some time together, had dinner, then we had breakfast in the morning. You know, all those things. And that's just the first round. Mm-hmm. So imagine a Final Four or, you know, the higher you get, the more preparation is needed. My high school baseball state final game, you know, we don't have to be there an hour before the game. We, we had breakfast. We had a little lunch, you know, where we were there at the ballpark for the day. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing as an official. Your preparation needs to change. I like that. You know, you you brought up the idea that, the playoffs is a whole new season. So let's let's talk about that for just a second. And let's let's use basketball as our template because that's the postseason we're moving into okay. right now. Yeah. <clears throat> for our baseball officials and others that are listening, I think there's tons of stuff you're going to be able to glean from this. Uh, but there are a couple of things that will be nuanced specifically to basketball. Um, I I always used to joke in the in the state of Illinois in baseball, you work high school varsity baseball as a two-man crew all year. Mm, mm -hmm. And then you get to sectionals, and all of a sudden it's a three-man crew. And then you get to the state finals, and all of a sudden it's a four-man crew. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was just the dumbest thing in the world. And to them, it made sense. Well, it's a bigger game. We put more officials on it. But you have all of these umpires who worked all year long, and they're great umpires in the two-man system and they may be a mediocre umpire at the three-man system <laughs> right. just because they haven't done it. And it's 
it's a whole different set of reactions and, and all that to go into it. And I always said, I always use basketball as the example of why they shouldn't do that. Hmm. Said in basketball, we don't have a three-man crew during the regular season and go to a four-man crew, you know, for the state finals. Yeah. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. We, we understand the three-man crew is the right thing to work the game, and that's what we're going to stick with. But especially in college basketball, we do add members to the crew when it's when it's time for the postseason. Mm-hmm. We add something called an alternate. Yeah. Uh, Jeff just said a minute ago he was working the NCAA tournament for the first time and he was sitting at the table. That's what he means by sitting at the table. Yeah. He was an alternate. So let's just start there with something that's different. Uh, maybe we have people this year that are working their very first conference tournament, region tournament, whatever, and they're going to be an alternate for the first time. The first part of what I'd like to ask you is, <clears throat> what do they need to do? How do they need to prepare? The second thing is, if you're someone who is on the floor for that game, you're one of those three officials working the game, how do you include your alternate in such a way that they are a vibrant, active part of the crew, not just somebody waiting for somebody to turn an ankle? Yeah, very good point. So I'm going to, this is, I may go a little long here. And if I do, just, you know, give me the the cut sign, <laughs> but all good. people, people can turn off the podcast whenever they want. We don't That's want you to turn it off here. Right it's car. about to get good, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to share a story for the first time I got called to be an alternate. Okay. So whatever, I don't know. I was, I got called for the horizon league on site uh, alternate. And uh, Patty had called and she says, Hey Jeff, I need you to go. Can you go to Valparaiso? to be an alternate in the first round of the Horizon League tournament. And this is back when Valpo was still in the Horizon. Yep. They're now in the Valley. Yeah. So my answer was, of course, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. She calls. I know it's just what you do. Say yes. Then me being the, the idiot that I am and young in my officiating career, so I said, yeah, I can do that, Patty. Well, what does that mean? Just stay close to home. Then if somebody gets hurt, then you go. <laughs> She's like, no, you big dummy. Bring your bag, go to the game, get dressed, sit at the table. Well, then, you know, obviously I found out there's a whole section in the CCA manual for the alternate official and all this other stuff. So um, everyone listening, just because we're saying alternate official, and, and, and I know about it now and you know about it now, mm-hmm. I, you know, when we started, we didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't yeah. know what it entailed. So and hopefully. If you're somebody that rose through the high school ranks, you wouldn't know about that because that's yeah. not something that mm-hmm. happens there. Mm-hmm. If, if you get to a, a Final Four situation in a lot of uh, high school state tournaments, they may have extra officials there, the ones that are going to work the next game where they ask you to be there and mm-hmm. be dressed just in case something would happen. But as far as an actual spot at the table, integral part of the crew, right. that doesn't happen at the high school mm-hmm. level. So right. when you make the transition to college, this is something that's brand new. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it is very much a commonplace once we get into postseason from division three all the way, you know, division two, one, everything. So it's very common. So what, you know, that's, that's my story of how not everyone knows what it means. Mm -hmm. I'm living proof of that. Um, But one of the things that is, I think with the question you have, you know, how do you make them a part of that crew, right? How do you make them? One of the things you have to do is you, I'm going to, I'm probably going to go a little backwards here, but during the game, you need to check in with them. Mm. So we, we do that all the time. We check in with our partners 
hey, you know, how's it going? Yeah, don't forget, we got, you know, four to one on the fouls, favors in favor of, or arrows in favor of white, whatever that is, right? You have to go in and check in with your alternate to keep them engaged because if you don't check in with them, they'll think, they'll start spacing out. You know, maybe they're talking to whoever at the scores table and not, 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 not checked, not engaged in the actual game. But during the pregame, I mean, you have to, I believe, you almost need to start with the alternate. So let's let's talk about what we're going to need from you as an alternate. You know, I always talk about the 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 alternate is the person who has is writing everything down. You're almost like a second scorekeeper. You know, if you've got a foul on 13, you write down 13 white, the first foul. You know, you write down time of possession. You don't have to write down 833, but you got to write down 33. And then the next possession happens, you're 22. You know, you got to be doing all that stuff if you want to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just want to be just a regular old person there and wait for them to twist their ankle and no one does and you go, okay, here, you know, give me my money, then maybe this isn't the podcast for you. You know, yeah. it, we're trying to make people uncommon. Um, so, in you know, the reason we're doing all that stuff and we're, we're, you know, the short pencil is better than a long memory phrase. We're doing those things is because when Chad Ozzie, the crew chief, comes over to Jeff Cross at the table and go, that shot clock reset, but I don't know what it's supposed to be at. And I can go, well, possession started at 22. Mm-hmm. And then we can get that figured out and it's done. And now Chad walks away from Jeff Cross at the table and go, listen, now I almost feel unstoppable here because we got the three of us on the floor and Jeff is working hard over there. He may not be running up and down the floor, but he's working hard to have anything that you might need. You want you want that kind of person at the table. The last thing you want at the table is is an alternate over there with, you know, chewing on gummy bears and maybe their shoes are untied and, you know, oh, I, my pants aren't even buttoned. I didn't know I was going to have to go in. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to have to go in either because you don't want anybody to get hurt. But it's just your, you are a fourth set of eyes. You, you know, man, I wasn't sure if that was a three. It's 100% a three. You got the right call. You know, or yet you need to, we need to change it to a two. Those are all things that are going to help you as a crew in your alternate. But the only way that alternate is going to do that is if when you walk in that arena 90 minutes prior to the game or two hours prior to the game, you welcome them as part of the success that's going to happen that night. You know, it's a, it's a great point, Jeff. I've, I've had the privilege of working as an alternate at table mm-hmm. uh, during postseason. I've also had the privilege of working on the court during the postseason with alternates sitting at the table. And, you know, I, I think especially if you're new to this, or maybe you've, you've done this for a while, but you've just not been in the alternate position. Mm-hmm. It, this is just not something it's talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff and I were talking, you know, less than 10% of officials are going to work a conference tournament this year, right? Less, mm-hmm. let, just, just by numbers, just by pure numbers. If, a, if an assigner has 200 people working for them mm-hmm. and they've got two conferences, you know, they've got about 24 spots that are open because most of the time people that are working quarterfinals are also the ones working semifinals yeah. and the ones working the semifinals get distilled down to the, to the finals. Uh, just, just to give you a little glimpse, right in a summit league tournament, you know, they have whatever, they have four quarterfinals, two semifinals and the final. 
and there's, you know, whatever. There could be, I don't have to go back and look at the staff, but there, you know, there's 200 people on staff. Sure. In, in the Summit League. And there's probably nine officials there. Yeah. And what happens is, so let, let's say you got that, but let's just see if we use a, a, a 10% number. Okay. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. 10%. Well, then alternates, there may only be, like, some conference may say we're not going to have alternates for the quarterfinal. We're only going to have alternates for the semifinals and the final. Mm-hmm. It may be the same person that's the alternate for all three of those games. Right. You know? So what that means is the percentage of people that have actually been an alternate at the table is very, very small. Mm-hmm. And so some people would say, why would we take so much time to talk about this during, you know, during a talk about working playoff basketball? Well, it's exactly because of what you just said to start out with. Players and coaches will be tense, mm-hmm. right? They are heightened mm-hmm. during the playoffs. And we all know the reason for that. It's because it's win or go home, mm-hmm. right? Conference tournament, a little bit different than NCAA tournament because at a conference tournament, you have a chance to lose and still play. In the NCAA tournament. In the NCAA tournament. That's right. You know, so, oh man, I'm the I'm the number one ranked team in my conference and I lost in the finals, mm-hmm. but I still have a chance to get in that large bid. Mm-hmm. But for most people, when they get to conference tournament, it's lose and go home and you're done playing. And mm-hmm. that senior has played their last basketball game. Mm-hmm. That coach may have coached their last game for that school. Whatever it may be, it is a high-tension moment. Mm-hmm. So it is so important for us to have that alternate step up because they have the ability to help diffuse some of that tension. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody there at that table working their tail off as the coaches are up and down coaching, a lot of times they see it. Mm-hmm. Is that person just sitting there casually watching the game or do they have rule books sitting there at the ready do they have their game charts out Mm. are they marking every time of possession are they marking every foul are they clocking every time out Mm -hmm. are they helping the crew stay on top of medias are they you know all those things are things that somebody at the table has the potential to do Mm -hmm. and so the more we do that the more we help the crew on the floor, the more we help relieve tension among coaches and players. And I also believe the more we have the opportunity to elevate ourselves. Because I will tell you, I started looking at games differently Mm. after I've been an alternate. When Mm. I realized I was essentially doing the job of the official scorer plus. (laughs) Right. Right? Yep. And when I realized the way some of that stuff happens and how quick it moves and all, all of a sudden I became much more patient mm-hmm. with the official score at the mm-hmm. table because I realized there's a ton of information they got to take in. Yep. And I would see the way somebody report a number and I'm like, oh, mm. that's harder to see than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. No wonder they're asking a second time or a third time. Now, what number was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I already told you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I stopped doing some of that because I just saw it from a slightly different perspective. Right. Um, And so I think that's really key. As an alternate, one of the things that you absolutely need to do is you need to have lots of stuff with you. Your rule book, your case book, your mechanics manual need to be sitting at the table with you. Hopefully you never have to pick them up. Yeah. But they need to be there in case... You know, there's a need. And I, I had somebody mention something to me when I did. I said, hey, I'm not going to worry about it. I have my iPad. Everything's right there on the iPad. And it's searchable. 
And I had somebody tell me, even if that's what you're going to use, have your book sitting on the table mm-hmm. because it looks official. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're not just searching something up on Google. Right. Here's right. the stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So now I could I could search it on my searchable program on, on my iPad. Through Arbiter, right. But yeah. then mm-hmm. if there was a need to show someone or do something, whatever, okay, now I can go to that page in the actual book. Mm-hmm. I know where to go. It's right there. It seems more official mm-hmm. when it's an actual tactile book that right. someone can hold, right? Yeah. So we need to have that with us. We need to have paper mm-hmm. and we need to have game charts. So there's a chart that's in the CCA manual. Yep. You can print it off of the uh, Arbiter Central Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things about that chart that I liked. The first time that I was an alternate, there were things about it that I didn't like. So the next time I was an alternate, I created my own chart. Sure. So I had an actual chart and it had a place to log timeouts and it had a place for me to do time of possession and it had a place for me to log fouls and all that kind of thing that was in a way that made sense to me mm-hmm. as as the way my brain processed things. Uh, but then I also had lots of blank paper with me and one of the reasons for that is exactly what you brought up in a, a few uh, uh, a few episodes ago. What if my crew has to go to the monitor and we're dealing with a time issue, right? Hey, guys, here's paper pen. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're doing your math mm-hmm. yep. on what number we've got to get to. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right here, guys. I am, I am with you. I am mm-hmm. helping. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, and it's right there possible. This is going to sound really silly. The other thing you need to do is you need to make sure that you bring multiple writing instruments with you. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? It looks really bad when all of a sudden your pen stops working and you're begging the official timer. You got an extra pencil over there? I'm in trouble, whatever, right? You know? yeah. Bring a couple things to be able to use. And that seems like no-brainer kind of stuff. I get that. But because most of us haven't done it, something really important for us to do. Uh, another, another thing that we didn't mention yet, and I want to make sure we don't miss it. So an, well, as an alternate official... You should stay seated all the time Mm -hmm. unless you're trying to get someone's attention. Mm. So because as a referee that's on the floor and I see my alternate get up and go, I think something's wrong. Sure. So stay seated Mm -hmm. unless something is up where you need to get my attention because I've seen official, I've seen an alternate official stand up for the media no, I don't need you to do that. I need you to stand up when something's wrong. Sure. Because if you're up and down all the time, and then no, I'm when not you, noticing. I'm not noticing. Then when you are up for something, I'm like, I, I just figured you were up doing something else. So stay seated. Stay. I don't want to say unnoticeable, but stay in in that same thing. So when you do stand up, it is very much like, oh, something's going on over there. Because just in the regular season, when my official scorer stands up, I go, what's going on? What's, what are they doing? Pay attention. Do I need to go over there? And that's what we should be doing as an alternate official. The other, the last thing that I'll say about alternates, uh, and then we're going to move on to what happens when we're working the floor. Um, but the one of the ways that an alternate feels like a part of the crew is when you're getting ready to bust out and go work that game. You know, they've just done the introductions, all that kind of thing. If your crew just stands there at, you know, at the scorer's table, the crew of three on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, pops knuckles, does whatever, and takes off. What you said is, okay, it's the three of you mm-hmm. against the world. Mm-hmm. But if the three of you 
turn around to the table. And it may mean that you need to walk eight feet one direction or whatever. Right, right. And you do that with the alternate Mm -hmm. before you go hit the floor. Not just does that alternate feel like a part of the crew right there, Mm -hmm. but everybody in the whole place knows the four of us are a team. Right. And we go. And I think if if you are on the court this year for a conference tournament, I'm going to challenge you. Find a way to include your alternate in that moment. Mm-hmm. Not just because of how they can potentially save you during that game if right. they've got information you need. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You you need them on board because last year's tournament, multiple times at multiple levels, alternates had to step on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, deep into the NCAA Division One tournament last yeah. year, mm-hmm. we had somebody go down yeah. and the alternate had to step on the floor. You need that person feeling like they're a part of the crew from the get-go mm-hmm. so that they're not then trying to play catch-up right. later on in the game. I would even say this. You know, this is this is how I like to work it. So my alternate, if they don't have to necessarily come out for the captain's meeting, yep. you know, um, but some feel like they want to, and that's fine, whatever you feel comfortable with. But if they don't, you know, I make sure that I tell captains, hey, we have an alternate at the table too. So if something really gets sideways, they're going to be there to help us. Um, and, you know, don't worry. You're going to have this game covered tonight. And I want to make sure that you know that they're over there. So um, tell coaches that, you know, hey, uh, nice to see you, whatever. Don't forget, we have Chad at the table. If we need to use them, you know, we might use them. So mm-hmm. those are all things that make everyone feel included, which is key Absolutely. for teamwork. Absolutely. If, if we're going to be uncommon, if we're going to be a crew, if we get the opportunity to go from a crew of three to a crew of four, mm-hmm. that's what we need to do. Yeah. All right. So what's different about stepping on the floor in the postseason, Jeff? Yeah. What's different about the way you work or the ways that are not different about how you work and uh, and all that good stuff? Well, I think there's, you know, call selection is, I would say, you know, call selection is what's got you to that postseason. Mm-hmm. But... As we get into the top teams, typically they play better. Mm. So typically you don't have to worry about as sloppy defense. Typically you don't have to worry about, you know, kids getting, you know, swiping and getting fouled all the time on shots of the place to the basket because they play better. That's how they became one of the top teams in the conference or in the region or whatever that might be is because they play well. Not because they shoot well, because they play defense well too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I learned a long time ago from Trent Escherman. I don't know if he even listens to the podcast, but if you know Trent Escherman, he taught me this. You know, assume every shot is going to be blocked until proven otherwise. And we have to take that to a whole nother level when it comes to playoff time. Because every point, every possession is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you don't want to call fouls, but I'm saying you want to make sure they are there. And if we've got the best athletes on the floor in that conference, there's a good chance we're going to have great block shots. There's a good chance we're going to have great moves to the basket. There's a good chance we're going to have really good defense out front with no hands. So not that you want to not call them, but you got to understand that there's a real chance that you're going to see defense that you typically don't see night in and night out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, but not always. So that is the the number one thing I like to remember. In in it's pressure mm-hmm. being on the floor for whether it's the first round 
of 64 teams or it's the final four, there's pressure. And this is a quote that I heard from, you know, one of the books I'm in. Pressure is a privilege. And it, you should feel privileged in order to be able to have this pressure for this whatever, first round regional NCAA regional game or first round conference tournament. The reason you're here is because it's it's a privilege to be able to have this pressure. Now, how are you going to perform on it? That still remains be how how you're going to react to that. I will say this: ninety percent of the time, you're going to referee the same way. It's how you're preparing, and we've talked about this already. But I just I, I can't stress it enough. You're just not going to perform well in a conference championship game. If you were out till two in the morning, hanging out with the boys, and then getting up at seven, you know, getting a little breakfast, and you, you need to be well rested. Mm-hmm. And if you think working the conference championship game is about hanging out with your crew of four and and eating and drinking, you're not doing yourself justice, and you're not doing the athletes justice. That you know, the Super Bowl is coming up. Mm-hmm. The game the day before the Super Bowl, where do you think those athletes are going to be? You think they're going to be at the club? No way, because they want to be able to perform at the highest level. They're going to be eating right. They're going to be sleeping right. They're going to be training correctly, and that's your product that you're going to put on the floor. So I don't know that it's any different except for there's pressure, and every word makes a difference. Every step makes a difference, but if you're going to um, – Stress over those things, you may not have the success. You just got to know that your body of work has gotten you there and you deserve to be there. Now I'm just going to referee what got me there. That's that's a great a great thought, Jeff. You know, I I definitely see that there is a there's a tendency among officials um, to put more stress on themselves. Mm-hmm when it comes to a conference tournament and you just see it when they walk out there for that opening tip, they're, they're tense because, because they feel, you said at the beginning, players and coaches will be tense. Mm -hmm. So when we feel tension as human beings, what do we do? We absorb that tension, Mm -hmm. right? What are things that, that you do to when you're in those moments, because you've worked conference tournaments for a lot of years in a lot of different conferences. What are things that you do to help bring that tension level down before you hit the floor? Well, the best way for me to relieve tension is to watch something funny. Okay. I know that sounds really, really weird, and it probably seems very, very odd, and there's a bunch of people listening right now going, what is he talking about? But laughter, for me, just it just eases things. Mm-hmm. And so if it means, you know, whatever, I'm, let's say I'm going to be in the locker room at 1 o'clock for a 3 o'clock tip, and here it is noon, I'm not going to be sitting on the edge of my bed going, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Sometimes I just need to clear my brain for a second. And now I want to go watch 30 minutes of people getting tripped up and falling on the ice, whatever that is. Or maybe I want to call someone that I know that is always making me laugh and making me smile. Those are the things that are going to relieve my tension. And it's just, if you haven't done that, I challenge you to try it and see how, your pressure is different, how you react to that pressure during that time. So find something funny. I like it. Um, We've spent now about 30 minutes talking about what it, 
what it takes to go work those games. Now, the the very first thing that it takes to go work those games is you have to get selected for them, mm. right? I can't just say, hey, you know what, Jeff? I think I'd like to work the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. I've not worked a game in that league all year long, mm-hmm. but I think I'd be a really good conference yeah, tournament I'd love official, to do that right? sometime, you know? yeah. I, think, I think I should do that. No, that's not how it works, mm-hmm. right? You have to get selected, and you're selected for lots of different reasons. Part of it can be the where you live. Part of it can be... Um, you know, who wasn't available, mm-hmm. you know, right. <laughs> yeah. those, those kinds of things. Uh, and, and a huge part of it is just the body of your work for the year and that kind of thing. Um, I, I want to say just a couple things as we launch into this. There are people who are very deserving of working deep into postseason who won't work postseason this mm. year for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe just because there were just as many other people that were just as deserving, sure. right? As as we all elevate, as we all become a little bit more uncommon, then there are more people who are able to work at high levels. One of the things that is so human mm. about us is when we don't get things that we want, many times we don't respond in the best way, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get angry and we lash out. Sometimes we pout. Mm. Sometimes we do whatever. Let's talk for just a second. What happens, Jeff, when you don't get the opportunity to go work postseason and you thought you should have? Well, I mean, I, I there's times where I've been in the postseason in, in the Division Two tournament and got sent home after the first round. And... Literally was looking around at my colleagues and going, I, I think I'm just as qualified as the rest of them are, maybe more. Yeah. And I'm even, you know, sometimes you even have friends telling you that you are. So you tend to believe it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would drive four hours home, you know, sulking in why I got sent home. And, you know, we're listening to, I remember when I first got selected for the Division Two tournament and all my friends would, I, I tell all my friends and, and, and my friends that are not involved in NCAA basketball, they're like, oh, that's great because now they, they disadvantage you on skill level alone. And I'm like, yes, they do, and la la la, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so you're hearing all those things and you're believing all those things. And then when you don't get selected, what you're hearing is your skill level was not that good to move on. Mm-hmm. Which over time, I've learned that maybe that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, sure. but it doesn't make a difference. What I've what I've come to to, um, to learn in the selection of all postseason tournaments, it's not your friends, it's not a board of directors, it's not you know random fifty people deciding if you should go or not. It's one person. Mm-hmm. It's one person that is making a decision for the next ten or fifteen people to go to a tournament. Yeah. That's it. And in their eyes, that's who they believe is correct. If you think you should go, then you need to be in that position to send yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, everyone thinks they can do it better. Sure. And when you don't get selected, you can go into a very dark spot. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have to choose. For me. I don't, I don't choose that anymore. I used to, I used to be really, really difficult on myself and difficult in the situation. And I would sulk and I would do those things. But now I'm like, it's just, 
it's, I don't want to say it's not important because it is very important, but it is, it's a situation that I know is out of my control at that moment. And if it really means like, I really want to move forward in the NCAA tournament, I really want to move forward in a conference tournament. Then as soon as you're not selected, you better go to work for the next season. Mm -hmm. And when you go to work for the next season and you prepare the whole off season, and then you prepare for in December and January and February, then you get selected again. And then you find out you got one more game in the postseason. Well, then that paid off mm-hmm. um, where people pick mistakes, make mistakes, including myself. When I don't get selected, I sit around for four months mm-hmm. go. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking. You know, they don't know what they're doing. And I, I hear it all the time, right? I hear, I hear high school officials going, if they don't select me for the sectional final, I'm quitting. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's not your decision. Yeah. So if you want to be selected for the sectional final, then you need to put more work in when you get sent home after the regional final. Mm-hmm. So, but so now to kind of continue with your question, now what I do when I don't get selected, I congratulate the people who did get selected. And when I congratulate them, I also, you know, support them. Mm-hmm. Maybe watch it. You know, or I'm like, hmm, I wonder what Chad's got that I don't. So let me see if I can learn. Let me, instead of sitting around going, yeah, I ain't watching that. You know, Chad don't deserve that. I should be there. And I'm definitely not watching Chad work and go, I hope he messes up. Mm. I hope he messes up. Because, you know, as we've spoken before, you know, in the past podcast, if you say something negative out loud, it's seven times more chance to come true. So I don't, I'm not going to do those stuff anymore. I, I'm rooting I'm rooting for the officiating community to have success. Well, and, and that I think is really key. Um, you know, I've, I've had multiple conversations with people just this week. Um, people who were super excited to get, you know, postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who were super disappointed that mm-hmm. they didn't get postseason. Um, some people that were kind of in between. They got what they got last year. Maybe they thought they were going to get more or, you know, whatever that might be. Right. And one of the things that I've really challenged myself with this year, and I've, I've challenged some of the people that I've talked with, is how can I use this postseason to get better? Hmm. And so if I'm on the court, it would be easy for me to say, well, I'm going to be in this pressure situation and I'm going to have more experience under my belt and all that kind of stuff. But what if I'm not on the court? What if I'm not sitting at the table? How do I begin to get better? And so there are a few things that I'm going to do this year. Um, and the way I, I phrase it is I figured out the things that I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. And I figured out the things that I'm going to do. And some of them are based on experiences that I've had in the past. I've worked postseason in the past where fellow officials would watch, whether it was online or in the stands or whatever, and the whole reason those officials were there were to nitpick the people on the court. Yep. Right? Guess mm-hmm. what? I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's very human to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's unbelievably human to do that. Because that's the way that we justify in our minds that we should be the ones there doing it. Look at the job they're doing. I could do better than mm-hmm. that. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Good for you. I'm not going to sulk. I'm not going to blame my assigner. I'm not going to do those. Even though that assigner is the one person that's responsible for making the final choice. Mm -hmm. The truth is I could have done more things to make it impossible for them not to choose me. Mm -hmm. Whether that was my 
fitness, whether that was my communication, whether that was my call selection, whatever it was, there were things that I could have done better to make myself be in that position. And we also don't know, even though that one person is the one making the decision, we don't know the instructions that they have been given from outside sources. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a conference coordinator who chooses umpires for a conference tournament. Mm -hmm. I get very direct instruction from the people that employ me about things that they want to see at that conference tournament. Right. And sometimes that handcuffs me a little bit on who I can and can't select. That's just part of the deal. I'm never going to tell my umpires that mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's not appropriate. It's mm-hmm. not the right thing, but, but it very much factors into my decisions. And I guess that some of our basketball coordinators have those exact same conversations. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to blame them. I'm not going to, I'm going to do the things that I can do. The other thing is there's some things that I, I am going to do, right? Number one, I am going to watch a lot of postseason basketball. I if if I had blocked off days to work a conference tournament, there were there were some days that I blocked off my schedule from baseball because mm. my baseball season's already starting. Yeah, right. Mm. There were some days that I blocked off so that they would specifically be open for potential postseason basketball assignments. And so if I end up not having basketball games on those days, I'm not gonna open it up last second for baseball. I'm gonna go watch basketball. Mm. I'm gonna go to that conference tournament and support and encourage the crew that's out on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go watch and say, wow, you know, that particular coach, man, look at, look at how different they are this postseason than they were during the regular season when I just had them a week ago. Mm-hmm. Man, if I get this conference tournament next year, I need to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I'm making myself better, even though I may not be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I'm definitely going to do, and you brought it up just a second ago, I am going to do everything I can to celebrate the accomplishments of the people that are working the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean a blanket email, congrats. Mm-hmm. I mean a phone call. Man, great work this year. Congratulations. Enjoy this moment. It's going to be a blast. Well deserved, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And, you know, attaching something personal to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a, oh, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, good job. <laughs> you know, I think I think those are uncommon qualities because the truth is like on the inside, like I, I have to tell myself to do that. Mm. You know, because that's not just naturally what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. We all get a little butt hurt mm-hmm. when we're not the one that's chosen. And I, I think this is a great step in a different direction. So, you know, we were talking the other day. Could you share that story about when you got selected? Yeah, I believe I remember you saying, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like when you got selected to work the conference tournament, you know, there were, you heard more negative things about when you got selected than you did positive things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was real early uh, in my career. And, and the truth is, I, I maybe was even, I was in a situation maybe earlier than I, I should have been, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, but yet for whatever reason, that, that coordinator had, had given me a shot and I was working at a level where the other people around me working that deep into the tournament all worked higher levels than I did. Mm. I was the only one that worked at the levels that I, I worked that mm. was, that was working that late into the postseason, And, um, they're not only from some of the people that I was working with, who felt their friends and buddies and whatever should have been on that game instead of me. But 
you know, people outside were talking about that too. And if people don't think the officiating world is small, hmm. just say one negative thing about one person and see how quickly it gets back to it. Yeah, true. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it is. And, uh, and so I heard some of that stuff and, you know, it, it was a struggle for me because then guess, guess who some of my very first games were with the very next year, mm-hmm. you know, and they'd be sitting there with the grid. Oh, it was great. You got to work the tournament, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, okay, buddy, like, mm-hmm. I know what you were saying <laughs> just a few months ago. And now by then I'd had enough time to process it to where I understood that they were responding out of hurt. They were responding out of the fact that they didn't get chosen. But it then took time to rebuild relationships with those people. And mm. they didn't know that I knew, mm-hmm. you know, which I think was almost the worst part of that. You know, they just tried to pretend like nothing was wrong or whatever. And so I've just I, I've just set out for myself. I don't want anybody else to ever feel like that. Right. You know, I, I want to be positive and encouraging. E- even if I felt like I should have been in the spot instead of them, mm-hmm. I can still be happy for them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, as a parent now, it's a little different. You know, I had a lot of hopes and dreams, you know, when I was younger and, and things with different uh, talents or whatever that I had that, and uh, both my kids now are beginning to eclipse some of the things that I did. You know, they're, they're going to go further. They're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to accomplish some stuff that maybe I didn't. And if you'd asked me when my kids were five, if, you know, my kids were going to go do that, like there would have been this part of me that almost would have gone, ah, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I didn't get to do that. Whatever, yeah, right. You know, right. now I am so thrilled for my kids to get mm-hmm. to go do that, mm-hmm. you know, because I see what it can mean for their future mm-hmm. and I love and I care about them. And so I want only good things to happen for them. And I think that's the way we have to be as officials. You know, I, I have to want good things you know, not just for mentors like Jeff, where I want to see him go deep in postseason and see him, you know, get some some new things kind of ticked off the list or whatever. But maybe for that second year official that I've just been working with, you know, and now they got the opportunity instead of me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm beginning to take from that is, you know what? If I invest in those officials that are coming up around me then I get to be a small part of their success when they go work. If all I do is tear them down, I don't get to take any success in what they're doing. Nope. Right. Now they're succeeding in spite of me. <laughs> right. Right. Even though you're trying to hold them back. That's, That's right. right. Instead of being part of what lifts them up to get them ready for what's next. Well, you know, and a lot of people lose track of the site, lose sight of the fact that it's not your fault. You got selected, Chad. That's right. Well, what are you supposed to do? Turn the game down? Yep. You know, yeah. It's so. Why are we blaming the person? Why are we mad at the person? You know, or frustrated that the person gets the assignment and not you? Yeah. You know, we, we go through this even during the regular season. We go through it and like, oh, can you believe it? So and so got the higher level game, and I had to go to you know JUCO or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it, th- they got the call, and I, I've I've had conversations with officials before about, well, how many games is. You know, these elite officials need to work. I don't know, as many as the boss asks them to work. That's right. You know what I mean? Whether they want to work them or not, it, it you know, the officials are just not going to say, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. If, if I'm a car salesman, if I'm a car salesman and everyone wants to buy a car for me, is that car salesman going, hey, why don't you go buy it from someone else? That's 
No, you're just going to sell the car because that's what the boss wants you to do. The boss says, hey, this customer comes in, wants to see Jeff Cross sell you this car. Jeff Cross, go sell him the car. Oh, yeah. That's what we're going to do. I literally heard from an official just two weekends ago. They were upset because they had heard that another official was asked by an assigner to work two games in one day. Mm. I worked like a one o'clock tip and then worked like a seven o'clock tip, sure. right? And uh, both games for that official, for that assigner, obviously, and the whole bit. And the person's like, I can't believe it. I, I could have worked one of those games. You know, that, that's just not fair for that person to take those games. Hmm. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. I said, if that assigner had asked you to take those two games that day, would you have worked it? Well, sure, I was open. I'd have gone and worked. I'm like, well, you're just mad at this other person yeah. for doing what you exactly said what you would you do. What you would yourself. do, right. You, know, you said that elite official, are they going to turn down a $3,000 check? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Yeah, right. For me, mm-hmm. that's like, you know. Yeah, That's over fifteen games worth of work <laughs> yeah. for me. They can get whole, it one night, one uh, two. Of them, right, you know? you know, it it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. It, you know, and I think sometimes you know we get in our own way, right? We get in our own head. We, we, what if you're in your own head, you're behind enemy lines. So, and that's what we do. And if if I can revert back to a few podcasts ago, stay neutral in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you talk negatively about that stuff and always think negative. Every time that situation comes up, you're going to react negatively to it. Instead of just accepting the facts for what they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chad got selected, not me. All right. Now, what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think we need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up one little thing here at the end of our podcast. Um, I, I, th- I hope this has been helpful for everyone as you've been looking at what it means to, to work these games and just how to respond. And, and maybe more than anything else that we've talked about today is just what is something you can do this postseason to be uncommon? Um, Before yeah. you say this, yeah. I don't know. I see this is where this is the you guys you need to understand this. You know, I like, I'm just following Chad's lead. So I'm like sensing that Chad's like, Oh, he's getting ready to wrap it up. But I have a story I want to share about neutral thinking. Sure. Go for it. Um, I don't know where it fits. So right. we, we talked about it last night. You know that. Okay. So, if you don't know what neutral thinking is, right, we, you need to go back and list, listen to a couple of podcasts from a couple of time, a couple weeks ago. And uh, Trevor Moed wrote a book, It Takes What It Takes. So I'm going to, so I've really been engulfed in this, into this situation and of, of, of neutral thinking, basically not negative thinking. So a few days ago, my wife was, she takes a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures. And she pressed the wrong button and all of a sudden I see her like, you know, holy cow. You know what I mean? She's very visibly upset. Alligator tears coming out. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, I just accidentally deleted, you know, my thousands of pictures off my SD card. So it was a very traumatic because my wife takes a lot of pictures. So the old Jeff would have been like, Geez, Gina, it's all right. It's not. A, they're just pictures. It's no big deal. Get over it. You can you, take more. You can take more. You're <laughs> gonna take a thousand tomorrow. Whatever it is, right? But I tried to be as neutral in my thinking as possible. Okay, this has happened. Now what's next? So I, you know, the first question I asked Gina was, "How can I help? What can I do right now that will help the situation?" And it, you know, she didn't know. And I, I said, okay. And so I'm telling myself, okay, what's next? What's next? Let's not stay in the negative here that she just lost, you know, thousands of pictures. 
can we text someone who might know what to do? And she goes, yeah, maybe I can text this person. And she texts a friend of hers. That friend responds and says, don't worry. This has happened to me before. Here's the program. You'll have your pictures back. And literally within now, it took her a little bit to get the pictures back. But if we would have stayed in the negative, like how bad it was to lose those thousand pictures, instead of saying, okay, what's next? It's happened. There's nothing we can do about it. These are the facts. Now what's next? We may still be living in the past. We or that we still may have got to the same solution, but it may have taken us four or five days or even a week to get to the solution. So when I saw it happen in real life and to go, okay, let's find out what we can do next to help the situation, it was really satisfying to me to know that a system like that, a thought process like that can can have his advantages. So just want to share the story. No, I think it's great. I think it's it's a great wrap up to this idea. You know, if you if you didn't get what you were hoping to get this postseason, mm, yeah. You know what? You you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna sit there and sulk in the negative? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to look at the facts? Okay, I didn't get it this year. Mm-hmm. What can I do to put myself in a better spot next year? That's right. What's whether next? It's, whether that next is conditioning, mm-hmm. whether that next is uh, letting your body get rest that it needs before mm-hmm. you start digging mm-hmm. into the next thing or mentally preparing differently or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, a great, great thing for us. And, you know, Jeff brought up Gina, his wife, and Jeff's incredibly fortunate to have uh, a spouse who's very supportive of what he does mm-hmm. as, uh, as a sports official. Um, and for all of you out there listening, you know that our significant others are so important to us uh, with what we do. They can make our time on the road easier mm-hmm. uh, as they encourage. It can make the time on the road more difficult mm-hmm. if, if things aren't well in that. And uh, I, I want to share one quick little story before we left today. Please do. I was and, hoping uh, you would. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have an agreement with my wife, Megan, that I, I leave dates open even important dates, mm-hmm. um, those dates stay open. And, you know, my statement is I only have so many days to work basketball games. You know, there, there's only one basketball season. It's kind of like deer hunting season. You know, <laughs> right. There's only so many days you can go harvest. You right. know, in basketball, there's only so many days I can go harvest a check mm-hmm. right. um, when it comes to a, to a game. And, and for me, a, a big portion of my income comes from sports officiating. And uh, as of yesterday, uh, I did not have a game uh, on Monday night, and which uh, is with this coming mm-hmm. Monday night. This this podcast is going to come out uh, the the weekend of Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day will be on Monday, and so up until yesterday, I I didn't have a game, and we had been talking like literally we've been on the phone texting back and forth about something, and uh, he kind of said you know hey I I don't have a game Monday. We can go out. We can have dinner. Whatever this will you know this will be great. And then lo and behold, ding, here Mm. comes the notification. (laughs) And I have a game on Valentine's Day. And I immediately texted her. I'm like, I am so sorry. You know, whatever, right? And some of you out there, you know, the the agreements you have with your significant others are different. You know, there are certain days that just automatically get blocked off on your Mm -hmm. schedule, whatever. Hey, whatever works for you. I'm not saying anything is right, wrong, or different. I'm just saying for me and, and for, for our relationship, this was the agreement we had. And so I thought, oh, she's going to be so frustrated. She's, you know, because cause I just said we could, mm-hmm. you know, and now we, we can't. And her immediate reaction was, I'm so glad you got that game. That's mm-hmm. so exciting. 
that you got another game. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry we can't do the stuff on Monday night, but we can celebrate. We can celebrate anytime. Yeah. You know, it was just that immediate response. And what it reminded me of as we were talking about this, you know, I know for a fact Megan was disappointed. Sure. I know that. Mm-hmm. And she could have then projected that onto me, mm-hmm. which then would have made it even harder for me to go work that game that yeah. night. You know, I'd have felt guilty. I'd, I definitely wouldn't have been at my best, all things. But she gave me this incredible gift mm. of saying, you know what? Our our relationship is not based on an arbitrary date that Hallmark likes to sell cards about, <laughs> right? You, you right. know, yeah. And so we can go, we can go eat, and we tried to work it out to where we could meet up after the game to do dinner. And uh, unfortunately, the beef house does not stay open that late, mm. so uh, I'll be making a call to them to try to get that changed. I'm joking, <laughs> but, uh, but it was also a reminder to me as we talked about this subject today. You know, for for many of us, we're incredibly blessed to have spouses, significant others, good friends who support us even when times are difficult. And I'm incredibly thankful and blessed for Megan in my life. But that's something that we can do for each other as officials Mm -hmm. as well. Jeff gets the call that I don't get. Mm. Yeah, I'm disappointed. But if all Jeff ever hears is me complaining about being disappointed, now his experience doesn't get to be as fun. Mm -hmm. His experience doesn't get to be as joyful. He doesn't get to do his best because in the back of his mind, man, I'm getting this opportunity that Chad didn't, and Mm -hmm. that sucks for him. Mm -hmm. Instead of me being excited for Jeff. Right. So the last action step, we had the action step at the beginning where we asked you to leave us a five-star rating and review. You can still go do that if you haven't done it yet. FYI. (laughs) But the second action step I want to give you is if, if somebody gets an opportunity that you would have loved to have had, give them the gift of being excited for them and supporting them. Cause I believe that's uncommon. So mm. I'm going to tell you right now, be like Megan, mm-hmm. not be like Mike, mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the nineties, right. like Megan and be uncommon in the way you support and encourage people around you today. You know, I want to share this and I, the reason top athletes are the way they are, some would say, oh, they're just born to be great athletes, right? And they're just, that's they're born like Adonis's and 0% body fat. I would argue that it's not of what they do that makes them a champion. It's what they're willing not to do. Mm. So they're, you know, a true athlete is willing not to drive through McDonald's and get a 20-piece McNugget. A true athlete is willing to not order, you know, two large Domino's pizzas and pound them before a game. So if you want to be a champion and be an uncommon, what are you willing not to do? Mm-hmm. I'm willing to say, I'm not going to talk negative about an official who just got an assignment that I wanted. I'm willing to make it, you know, shout, I want, I want to be uncommon. So I am willing to not be upset because it's Valentine's day. And, um, you know, I think you bring up a great point that people around us, are what make us who we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your wife, Megan, and my wife, Gina, those are our daily inputs every day. Yep. And they make us who we are all the time. And it's what they're willing not to do to help us be a champion. Yeah. And I will tell you that uh, one of our most requested guests on this podcast 
is for us to bring our wives on this podcast. Uh. We have gotten more requests for that than <laughs> anything else. Neither Jeff nor I have been brave enough to do that yet. Uh, but at some point, maybe after the wrap-up of the basketball season, as we're transitioning into baseball, maybe we will give you guys the gift of uh, having both of them in the studio together uh, as long as we put them on the other side of the table so we're not within hitting distance. Exactly. I think that's probably the smartest uh, move is to keep them at uh, arm's length. Um, exactly and then right. we got to have access to the mute button on their microphone if we can do that. <laughs> Everybody, uh, I hope you have a phenomenal week. I hope you are uncommon in your drive yes. to success as we look at what it means to have a life that is amazing, to lead well, and to leave a legacy that's uncommon. Yep. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.